listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice, burgundy snowboard. All right. Here we go again. We're back in the booth here at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, you know how it goes. I always got to ask, Buds, how we doing? So good, my dog. Love it. Now, to my left, we have Trevor Kennison. Trevor, how we doing? Amazing. Glad Love to be here. That. Love hearing that. Now, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with who you are and what you've done, uh, I'll break it down. So Trevor is a world-class athlete. He's a professional sit skier. He's been through hell and back. He broke his back a few years ago, and now he's in a wheelchair. He jumped the X Games big air jump on a sit ski. He flew down Corbett's Coulard in Jackson on a sit ski. He does backflips. He hits street spots. He is the leader in the progression of the sport, and he's working on what's going to be a mind-blowing film called Full Circle, and he's got an incredible perspective on life. So we're going to... Get into it. It's going to be a fun one. But first things first, you know, you're on a sit ski now, but but how did you start out on the snow? How did you start out on the slopes? Yeah, I, I started snowboarding. Uh, I never skied a day in my life. Um, so I think that's pretty ironic now that I'm on a sit ski. So It's almost, to me, it's almost more like a snowboard than a ski. I would 100. It's got two edges. Yeah, there's only, yeah, there's only, there's only one, one of them. Of them. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, it's super funny. Uh, people are like, you know, skiing to snowboarding or snowboarding, skiing, and then going to sit ski. It's just funny. Cause you're, you're still on two edges mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, for all the snowboarders, you know, I'm just like, yo, I still snowboard like a skier, you know, <laughs> same, same thing. It's a good argument. You know, we, we can claim you as a snowboarder, the skiers can claim it's kind of a win-win for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> amazing common ground. So where did you, uh, where did you grow up originally? Uh, I grew up in Keene, Hampshire originally. East Coast. East Coast, baby. You a Patriots fan? Big time Patriots fan. Let's go. Let's go. For the next uh, three and a half hours, we're going to talk about the New England Patriots. Nap time for Stone. (laughs) So what did your childhood look like? How did you, yeah, like in snowboarding and all that stuff? Yeah. um, So the childhood looked like uh, my dad actually uh, had a sports store and it was mainly running shoes. My mom was a big time runner. Or sorry, my dad was, uh, my mom, my dad converted my mom into running, but, uh, my mom was a big time soccer player. She played semi-professional soccer, um, which is sick. Good for her. And, um, you know, super, super cool. And that's basically how that store started. And, and my dad started this store in 86. And I guess two years later, um, you know, he grew up skiing, but he kind of talked to these kids that would come in they're like, yo, you should start carrying skateboards, you know? And, uh, it's pretty cool because he's like, all right, you know, like, yeah, maybe, you know, and I think he said he took like $500 and bought, you know, a bunch of skateboards or however many skateboards they it killed it. And he was like, all right, six months later, those same kids came back and they're like, Hey, you should uh, start carrying snowboards. And, um, my dad, I think he said, took out $25,000, invested it and, uh, you know, talked with Burr and he was a dealer, but, uh, that year sold out of everything and crushed it. And, um, so I was born in 92. So six years later I was born. My sister's born first in 90, 90, 91. Damn. I thought I was good at math. <laughs> 91, <laughs> uh, 91. And, um, so we, we grew up with sports, you know, like our whole life, uh, soccer, swimming, snowboarding. I grew up on a snowboard. Uh, my dad would take us out of school every Friday. It's like headed to the mountain 
And that was just like, you know, what we did. And my parents got divorced around seven. So I kind of stopped getting to the mountain. It was very hard. Um, and all we did then was kind of still play sports, soccer, swimming, baseball, basketball, just, you know, those, those main sports. And, um, you know, so when my parents got divorced, we, you know, we had money growing up from the store, but then, you know, they split and we moved, I would say in 10, 10 years, we moved 12 times in our, like, you know, it was 20,000 people town. So it was like pretty small. And, uh, that was just like our life. You know, we just moved, you know, six months here, six months there. Uh, my dad had girlfriends or, you know, always working and, you know, we were living with them or, you would get rides to soccer practice, you know, all the, all these kinds of things. And, um, so that was kind of like my life growing up, but sports played a huge role. Um, I would wake up and straight up go to school and my dad, you know, I'd, my dad would drop us off or we'd take the bus and go to school, walk to practice or bike to practice, whether it was soccer and then swim practice or swim, then soccer. And then he'd pick us up, you know, cook dinner and then pass out and do it again. And uh, that was basically like, you know, my childhood of, uh, you know, growing up of, you know, just when we were younger. Um, me and my sister weren't the closest. I mean, we definitely fought a bunch. We were close, but we just fought so much. It was pretty funny. So why did you go with your dad over your mom? A lot of people go with the mom. Yeah. Uh, so I remember we were about to go with my mom and she was like moving away. Um, I just don't think she wanted to be in Keene or in New Hampshire, she just wanted a new life. And, uh, she met this guy, uh, Bobby, who was my stepdad for a while. And she, she ended up moving to Rhode Island and it was kind of just like, all right, we were so close and it was like, it was our decision, but we we're so young. And it was like, well, we don't want to leave our friends and like what we have here. And we ended up staying with my dad and, um, yeah, we moved a bunch. I mean, but at the same time, like my dad always taught me just, you know, school first and sports second, but when I got to high school, I definitely did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids, a natural born athlete, though, yeah. from what I hear, right? It's uh, it's 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 been from yeah, I guess like from a young age, just like you know, picked up a soccer ball or you know, sw swimming. I got really, really into swim racing and uh, ended up getting three shoulder surgeries over the years from swimming, baseball, and you know, Harley's and just stuff like that. But absolutely, swimming was one of the most and. I'm so glad I did it like as high of a high, high as a level as I did. Um, it just teaches you so much discipline and all these things. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely love swimming. And I wore a speedo. It was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, one thing that's really cool about yourself is if you look at most professional athletes, they start off as like, they, they're really good at a certain sport when they're young and they're, they've, they've done it their whole lives and then they become a professional. And a lot of them, they have never worked jobs, you know, like never worked a day in their life, just started getting paid at a young age. And, and when I look at yourself, you come from like a really blue collar background, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I guess at first, you know, we definitely had a huge house and all these things, um, through the store, but when they got divorced, it was like, all right, where are we going? You know, and like, that was the type of kid where I was like, I'm going with the flow of everything, whatever, like, cool, I have what I have on my back, and that's cool. And my sister is the complete opposite, and she's like, put the foot down, you know, just fight with my dad's girlfriends, like, you know, all, like, she was, you know, strong-headed, and, um, but I was the opposite, you know, so, yeah, it, it was definitely, you know, that was, that was it. <laughs> and then, but you, you dove into a career in, in plumbing, correct? Yeah, so, uh, you know, like, right after high school, um, I didn't really have good grades and, you know, didn't get in college. So I ended up, uh, becoming this summer camp. I'd bike 10 miles on my road bike 
super, super fit, but I got paid, you know, not much, but that's what I had to do for a job because I didn't have a car at the time. Um, you know, just random stuff like that. I was living with my mom and, uh, yeah, ended up becoming a plumber. My stepdad, uh, got me this job and, uh, yeah, all I really eventually found out all you need to know is shit rolls downhill and paydays on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you nice with the wrench or what? Oh, you know, and the, uh, you know, the soldering and the torch, everything like that. So I got it. some plumbing issues at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Amazing, but that's but that teaches you work ethic. Putting in those hard hours, like you got to work hard to be a plumber, right? Hundred percent. And uh, I mean, just like I mean, the sports that taught me so many things. But I'm so glad I ended up becoming a plumber, and just it was hard work. You know, for two years I was in Rhode Island because I grew up in Keene, New Hampshire, and then moved to Rhode Island with my mom. And uh, damn, man, it was wild. You know, because it was just I was getting paid twelve fifty an hour. For two years, you know, busting my ass, like, commercial work. And I'm so glad I did it. It taught me so many life lessons. Excuse me. My, my stepdad, he, I was working. He's like, all right, got you a truck. I think a month into my, you know, job. And I was like, what do you mean you got me a truck? And he's like, all right, this is what you're going to do. You're paying $300 a week. And I was like, what? I'm getting paid 350 375 on a good, you know, a good week or something, you know, <laughs> 400 But, you know, I was living at my mom's house still, but... It was just that, that right there, you know, like my stepdad taught me so many good life lessons on, you know, just work, you know, cause my dad definitely taught me, you know, school sports, you know, and work, but he didn't really, you know, give me that blue collar work. It was more so my stepdad and that right there was just like, I, I think I paid off my car in I don't know, four or five months and then I bought a Harley and like, so I paid that off in like three months or something or four months. I was, I was living at home, but still it was like. All right, sick. <laughs> I got a car and a truck now. Or, I'm sorry, I got a Harley and a truck. The hard work pays off. It does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as much as I wish I went to college, I had no clue what to go for. So it was cool to find something I enjoyed. And absolutely, I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, I eventually got good at it and learned a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, it felt good to, you know, have your own money and have your own things. Mm -hmm. so. Now, I, I was told that around that time you also went through kind of some hard times, right? You got, yeah, yeah you had some dark times. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I'll re reframe this to, you know, starting in high school, my freshman year, like I lost my great grandma, um, through breast cancer and, you know, had tumors, tumors in her head. And, you know, I saw her when I was young and before she passed and it was just super like, I never seen her cry, but I remember her looking at me and just kind of like, you know, moving her arm and she, you know, she was paralyzed on the left side from a stroke and it was just wild. Just like seeing her and she looked at me as last time I saw her and she just started bawling her eyes out. And, uh, that was the last memory I have of her. And that's why I have the tattoo of her. And, um, it was just crazy. Cause you know, eighth grade, I ended up, uh, I tore my shoulder, stopped. I started, uh, you know, I lost her, started partying, you know, eighth grade into high school, I partied really hard and that was, you know, a huge thing for me. I got my first shoulder surgery. I ended up moving schools because I was, you know, selling weed and, you know, doing all these things and ended up going to R Rhode Island with my mom. I was there in school for like maybe a month and a half. I made the varsity baseball team. I tore my shoulder and then I got surgery. And then that's kind of where my like pain pill addiction started. Um, and then two years and then I moved back actually that summer started, you know, selling weed a bunch and 
kind of just getting back into like the party scene and you know i always had good enough grades to play sports but uh three years later i uh, got another shoulder surgery on my uh my left one and that kind of just was like all right sweet i was kind of like putting my life back together a little bit you know junior senior year and then uh when i moved with my mom i got my third shoulder surgery and that one was like by far the worst i was like <clears throat> i would say you know like my my stepdad left my mom uh we were building an addition so we had like no hot water and heat in the at the time and this was like you know november to like march and that was like the really like hardcore of winter in new england and i just remember you know getting uh my shoulder surgery in november I was like, you know, dating this girl, you know, amazing girl. But at the same time, like went to college, you know, having fun at the, at the same time, it's like, yo, have fun. But you know, it, it would never work. You know, it's, I'm not going to college. We're living in different States. And you know, I just was a mess from that too, you know, and, uh, ended up like I was crushing and snorting perk thirties, like every four hours, like I couldn't sleep. Um, I was, I was a mess. And, uh, I just remember one day, like, you know, I took a picture of myself. My mom ended up kicking me out, but I ended up taking a picture of myself and I was just like, there's literally like a zombie, you know, just so messed up. And, uh, I just remember like, this isn't me, you know, like this isn't me. Cause I almost sold my truck or I did sell it. I sold my truck and my, my Harley for like three grand, like not much to keep paying for the, yeah, for, for my pills. And, uh, I ended up not, my mom kicked me out. I didn't buy the pills. Uh, my, one of my good buddies, he's having a bachelor party next week and I'm in his wedding, which is actually really cool. <laughs> He, uh, he took me in, you know, like after my mom kicked me out, but let me live in the, his like, you know, one, one apartment bedroom. He let me live right on the couch. And, um, you know, I, I cut or like I cut clean Turkey, you know, cold Turkey, cold Turkey. There there we go. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Clean Turkey, turkey, cold Turkey. That's Uh, not easy. Correct. It's not, but you know, like my whole life was revolved around sport. So immediately like when I quit, I was just like, played soccer i think i was playing soccer i think three months after shoulder surgery like two and a half which is (laughs) probably not ideal or probably really frowned upon but i just needed that gateway of natural like stimulants to get me you know get me where i needed to go so did the doctors are they what started the addiction from giving you i mean you got to get pain pills i guess from gnarly surgery or were you just getting them everywhere anywhere you could well uh let's see i guess yeah i guess my first stint was yeah, I guess it's my fault. You know, I hurt myself and I got surgery. I'm, at this point in my life, after the three shoulder surgeries, you know, back surgery, you know, all these other things, I'm like, rehab, man. I don't care if I have something torn that rehab, man. Take some time, rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely the doctors, just that getting those prescriptions. I mean, for me, I definitely have addicted personality and just mm-hmm. like, hell yeah, dude, cool. I, like, took them all. Like, I need some more, you know? <laughs> so um yeah i definitely say from day one that's where i started and then from all the partying and trying to you know fit in with older kids and um just doing all that i was like all right like i like this you know i'm gonna buy more of it because i sell weed and i can buy food you know because i didn't have much money so i was like how can i smoke for free how can i buy food for free basically and just feed myself and um you know have fun and that's basically what i did so it's also uh, Keene State is like a, known for being a crazy party town, right? Uh, you basically were living in Keene, which is one of the gnarliest party towns. Yeah, it's it's wild because growing up in Keene was it was a it was a party town like Plymouth State, Keene, Keene State College, UNH. But at the same time, it's funny because 
I mean, I didn't really see it as a kid, you know, with the opiates and stuff, but now, and not funny, but now it's, it's wild because, you know, a lot of friends or people, you know, are dying from, uh, you know, fentanyl and, you know, heroin and all this stuff back there. And it's, I'm, I'm very, you know, sorry, but at the same time, super thankful. You know, I left, uh, 2013 to Colorado. So, well, sidebar, you know, that's, if somebody's in it right now, it's, it's scary. It's a scary time when you're, when you're kind of a, like when you're addicted to something and you, you feel like you can't quit. It's, it's terrifying. It's, uh, and, uh, and it's good to know that people have role models like yourself that can say, all right, he's, he's been through it and he made it out on the other side. And that's important. I think to talk about hundred percent. I mean that mental health, you know, I think all of it's super important to talk about. I mean, yeah, people want to be closed off, but I mean, just opening up and just reaching out to a friend or just talking about something to someone, you know, is going to help. And, uh, from what I've experienced in the past, you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. So. Quitting well, cold turkey is so hard. Do you have advice for anybody to, if they're about to take this journey on themselves? Because I'm sure a lot of people are doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't, I haven't researched the, you know, the effects of cold turkey, but I know it can be, like, pretty bad. But, um, but like, I don't know. I would definitely take those steps of, you know, seeing someone, talking to someone, like your sister, your friend, your parents or someone close to you or you know even if you're not comfortable talking with them just go out and seek help you know and it's okay you know everyone makes mistakes and goes through shit you know so it's it's okay you know to make mistakes it's like how how can you learn from them you know well said well let's let's pivot and talk about your migration from the east coast to to the i guess rocky mountains yeah this one's funny (laughs) so Coming from the East Coast, I was living on my buddy's couch. Actually, I was living with him for three, four months, and, you know, I think I was wearing my welcome out. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan, again. <laughs> See you next week, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I'm in his wedding, so it's my first uh, wedding I'm in, which is pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, he uh, probably stayed my overstayed my welcome. Ended up staying with my buddy, Tyler Slanitz, who's actually in the bachelor party as well. He's in the wedding. And... I stayed with him and his family, and his dad's actually a plumber. Um, his mom, forget what she did. She's just something with banks, but it was just really cool because they took me in too, and that was kind of like my whole life upbringing. It was like I have my family, yes, but at the same time it's more so like friends of family is my family. So like uh, my junior year or senior year, I moved out of uh, my dad's house, and I lived with a friend and his family. And, uh, my dad has suggested to me, I'm not, not the super close to my dad. I'm starting to be a lot more now, but, uh, he mentioned at the time, he was like, yo, Trevor, like look for a job in Colorado. And I was like, all right. So I looked for a Craigslist job out in Colorado for a plumbing job, 18 an hour, like six more than I was getting paid. I was like, sign me up. <laughs> so I called it, called a couple of places and, uh, my boss was John Plymel and I was like talking to him. I was like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, like I'm in New Hampshire this young kid, just a couple years experience. I'm just trying to move, man. And I just want a job. Didn't have a place to live, but that was my first like goal. And, uh, anyways, he's like, all right, you know, we talked, we talked. And then he was just like, all right, you got the job. You start tomorrow. And I was like, like, did he just forget I'm in New Hampshire? <laughs> and, uh, anyways, he's like, I'm like, yo dude, I'm in New Hampshire. And he's just like, Oh, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I was like, those are like exact words. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and then, so literally I packed up my stuff like, like three days later or packed up, packed it all up. Three days later, I moved and, um, left on a Thursday, showed up on a Saturday. 
I showed up like afternoon, trying to look at a couple places. I looked at, I stayed at this apartment complex right into this like parking lot. And I was like, hell yeah, man, I'm going to sleep right here in my car. Four in the morning, I get a boot in it. And this dude was like, pay me a thousand dollars or else. They like, booted it? Booted it while I was Oof. sleeping it. Four in the morning. I get it. You know, like I legit woke up and like, you know, they were about to boot it. It wasn't even booted, but he's like, give me a thousand. I mean, not thousand, but give me a hundred. And I was like, you serious? And he's like, no, give me a hundred dollars and I'll take it off. So I was like, no way. So I gave him a hundred. I, I went there with like 1400 cash or something. And, uh, that next day it was Sunday or sorry, that four in the morning and that morning it was Sunday, went to Starbucks. I had this old shitty phone and I'm just like on this, like Starbucks Wi-Fi, like sitting in my car, <laughs> cranking the heat. Like, all right, sweet. Looking for like, you know, housing. Cause it was October 9th when I moved out there. And it was just it's already cold, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. You know, like you're trying to like look for housing. Like, it's forget about it. You're in the mountains. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm uh, I get like a hotel that day, and then um, my my mom and my sister got me a hotel, and then watch football, watch the Patriots, of course. Let's go <laughs> and uh, watch the Patriots, and then you know passed out, went to work, and then sun that Monday looked at two places. Uh, at lunchtime, went back to work and then moved my, myself in. So how was your, so you moved to Colorado. How's like the snowboarding and stuff? How you getting after it? How was that? Yeah. So I got out of snowboarding, you know, we grew up with snowboarding. My, you know, we didn't have much money growing up, so it was really hard for us to get the mountain. So we ended up, uh, not like I said, not getting the mountain, but once I moved to Colorado, it was just cool to be surrounded by mountains and it was like oh 20 minutes to the mountain hell yeah so i fell back in love with snowboarding and uh yeah i lived there i mean i full-time worker and i was like yo can i bring my snowboard or not bring it but it's like yo are we getting off at two you know three o'clock and i would just run over and i think i got like 65 days that year nice you know, and weekends and days yeah. after work yeah. And, yeah killer and you're doing and you got a plumbing job got a plumbing job Okay, and then... And a, a girlfriend. Well... What resort were you hitting? Uh, a, uh, Beaver Creek and Vail. Beaver Creek, yeah. nice. Beef. Beef was like my favorite. Yep. Yeah. Enjoyed that much. Beaver Creek is dope. The cookies are sick. I heard they don't have them anymore. The, the uh, what three, are they? The 330 cookies at the bottom. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, that's why I went, you know? Yeah, that used to be the beer. That was pretty dope thing about Beaver Creek. I did hear they didn't have them anymore as well. Yep. Unfortunate. So yeah, you're just about to get into something talking about like riding, like where you're riding and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, so like when I first went out there, like I I started I was playing basketball like throughout high school, and they cut me eighth grade, ninth grade, and tenth grade, and then they asked me to play my senior year, and I was like, no. Nah. I played volleyball, and then I became an all state setter, which is sick. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Colorado, all I did was play pickup ball, you know, because I got better and better and better. And like, that's, I loved it snowboard and I fell in love with snowboarding, but pick up ball, you know? So I met this girl there. She's like five years older than me. And, um, yeah, so I met her and she was like my girlfriend at the time. And, um, when I broke my back, she was still my girlfriend. And, you know, I definitely, you know, definitely was on that track of like, you know, having, having a family and like, you know, wanting to get settled down and get married and have kids and, you know, everything like that. So, well, you, you just kind of breezed over breaking your back. Do you want to kind of paint a picture of that story? Yeah, of course. Of course. So I was, I moved there 2013 and I was there for a year, started dating this girl probably like three weeks, month into it. And I was like, hell yeah. 
let's go <laughs> five years older than me she has her own business hair like hair salon i'm like let's go you know mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i ended up a year later um wild story is like i'm laying in bed with her and like i'm like all right i'm gonna buy a buy a pass to like you know all the veil resorts and i was like all right sweet and um you can give that a thumbs down you know <laughs> <laughs> no but uh it's more so yeah like wanted to buy a pass and just I strapped in Goofy um, to my one directional board. And I, that year I was, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the park or anything like that. I grew up skiing the glades back east and just knowing how to ride. So I had a park board and I could like, you know, hit jumps and I sucked at rails. I couldn't even hit a rail. I sucked at boxes. I was scared of them. Um, I could hit some jumps. I wasn't flipping or doing anything really like that, you know? And so, but I got out of that last season, I got good and or better. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to strap in Goofy to my, uh, my one directional board. And I'm normally regular. And I just wanted to get better for a month to go to all these resorts and ride just groomers. And me being me, I was like, it was dumping like feet of snow. And I was like, yo, let's go set up a rail in Eagle Vale. And then I go over to my buddy's house, um, you know, drinking, hanging out, smoking a little bit. And it's just like, all right, you know, just let's go up to, you know, Vale Pass. And, uh, we went to Vail Pass. It was like around three o'clock, and I went with my buddy and his brother. And these uh, couple guys came down. They're like, "Hey, there's a jump up there," and I was like, "All right, let's go up there." And it was like you know, fifteen hundred yards up. We just hike up on the cat track. Not not hard at all, right? And uh, we drop in on the cat track. They go first. I go last, and I'm coming in there, and I catch an edge just right off the jump. And basically, like I'm turning a little bit, and I open up, so I'm flying through the air like a Superman. And uh, I tuck my head and I land. So I tuck my head because I don't want to land on my head. And I landed like this straight on my back. So I broke T11, T12. But I landed right on my back. The board and boots compressed me like a taco. And then, you know, shattered T11, T12. And then basically I'm laying head up the mountain, feet down the mountain, you know, like this, just like a starfish. And immediately I'm just trying to be optimistic. I, I knew right away. But it was like I was trying to be optimistic. I was like, shit, like, did is my hip broken? Like I could just feel so much pain in my hip because I damaged the left side less than the right side. And I was just like looking at my feet, you know, how you sprain your ankle and you're just like, Oh, ha, you can't really feel it. It's all mm -hmm. swollen and shit. And you're like, do I pull it out? Do I leave it in? Like, so I'm like looking at my feet and I'm like, I can't move them. And my buddy was looked at me and he was like, he's like, come on, man. Like we're right there. And I was, I looked down and I was like, dude, I can't move. And he looked at, looked at me back and he's like, come on, man. Like we're right there. And I was like, dude, I, I can't fucking move. Same exact words I said. And he was like, shit. You know, like, and then I just remember, like, I was just in, not shocked, but, like, I just looked at my feet. I knew it happened. And then laid there in the snow from, in a blizzard from 4 to 7.30 at night. Um, one went down for help. One stayed with me. Um, but the first hour and a half, I would say, it was just, like, you're in so much shock. You don't really feel the pain. And so what happened, my back was like, went straight 90 degrees into my stomach. Mm. So my back was dislocated. I shattered T11, T12 of my vertebrae and punctured my spinal cord. So the 90 degree dislocation was not why I was hurting, obviously other reasons, but once all that, that shock wore off that, like I was so uncomfortable. I just remember them like build, building me like head pillows. I'm like, all right, higher, lower, higher. And then it was dumping and then they were just wiping snow and, um, Vail pass, you know, as, as, or, you know, it's a big, big sled zone. So all I was hearing, I was like, all right, it's getting darker. 
Vroom, 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 vroom. All right, cool. Slides are here. Dude, I heard that so many times. Like, my hopes were just like, dude, so it was wild. You know, I was like, oh, my God, like, what is going on? And it was so it was so bad on the past. Like, I don't think they search and rescue realized how, like, severe it was. Um, so, yeah, so I just remember, like, that last hour and a half, like, 5.30, 6 o'clock. What, what, I don't really remember the time, but, like, it was getting way darker. But I just remember, like, at a time, you know, like, that last bit before they got there, I just remember, like, looking up. It was dumping, but it just, those big flakes, you know how, like, snow falls really slow? And it just felt like it was super light out. I don't know if it was a full moon or not, but, like, it just felt like it was so bright and just, like, I just basically told myself, don't close your eyes, you know? And um, I tried my hardest not to, and they showed up. And um, when they got to me, I was, in like, in tears already, like, in pain. I was so cold. Like, I wore my a T-shirt and my uh like a puffy and then i wore boxers and my mom's like snow pants from 1986 or something you know so like you get like a snowflake on there and it's soaked so when they got to me i was just like so much like i was shivering and but they had to like lift me over and they like you know tuck some stuff under me they rolled me on the other side tuck some other stuff under me and then lift me into toboggan and like those three like lifting me over lifting me over and then lifting me I scream so loud and I've gotten three shoulder surgeries and those are, those hurt, you know, and the rehab and everything. Um, and then I just remember screaming, I got up to the cat track onto a sled, you know, and they dragged me down to the ambulance and then lift me again. And then, um, ended up in going down to Frisco. So it was like 15, 20 minutes, like not super far where I was. And, uh, <clears throat> I just, you know, I was so cold and I had this, awesome shirt they cut off me and i was so mad <laughs> but they just stacked all these like you know blankets on me got to me got to frisco and i just remember getting into like the er or whatever and uh the x-ray room and they're like take an x-ray they just i could hear him talking they're like all right <laughs> he needs to go to denver and i'm just like all right let's go and i i like looked too and i like saw my back i was like oh fuck like, they show you the x-ray i don't know if they showed it to me I don't know if they like physically showed me, but like I like the screen was there and I definitely saw it, dude. Like it was, it was like this. And then the, my two, cause those are like the two biggest bones, T11 and T12 vertebrae. And those are your hinging points. So like, that's what makes you bend. And for them to break, they're big ass bones. So you just need a lot of force. So like when I saw it and then I saw my, my back 90 degrees into my stomach, I was like, Oh, you know, and like at the time too, I was just more so just like, I've got had injuries and all this. It's more so just like, all right, I need pain meds to like calm down and just like not take the pain away. And I, at this time I was still shivering so bad. And, uh, apparently Josh Berman from level one, he told me, he's like, do you remember like seeing Ashley in the hospital? I was like, hell no. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was really cool because he told me this. He was like, he was like, yeah, man, like he, uh, you know, your sister basically came up like in tears, you know, like crying and like, you know, I took her hand. I just looked at her and I was like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to show you, you know, it's, everything's going to be okay. And then she just bawled her eyes out and then I, you know, went off and it was cool too. Cause you know, we were filming, you know, recently and I went up there to the spot and it was just really cool. Cause you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, it's just cool. Cause he brought that up. I was like, holy shit. I started crying and it was just really cool because I'm like, yo, I'm going to show you and, you know, everyone around me that I'm going to show you it's going to be okay, you know, by what I do. Um, so, you know, just that whole thing was, you know, really, really, really cool. 
Um, but anyways, after that, after Frisco, I ended up going down to uh, Denver. Don't really remember it. I was just saying some pretty ridiculous things in the ambulance <laughs> and, uh, you know, being all drugged up and stuff. And Ashley was just dying, like dying laughing. He was just like, I can't believe this is my brother. <laughs> um, but got to St. Anthony's Hospital in Denver and don't really remember that night at all, at all. And I just, the only thing I remember is waking up the next morning and Dr. Wong was my doctor and he was just like, all right, you ready? And then I just remember them lifting me on to a cold surface and he looked at me, he's like, you ready? I was like, let's fucking do this. Put the mask on and I woke up. It's like seven hours later, eight hours later. Um, they ended up fusing T8 to L2. Um, so six and a half, seven vertebrae of my back. And um, yeah, and they put two 12-inch rods, 12 screws back there. And um, yeah, so after that, I woke up and I just, the first thing I said to my sister and I think my girlfriend is in the room, but basically the first thing I said, I was like, hey, did you guys put my tattoo together? Because, you know, it's super important to me. And they're like, yeah, we did. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Now, I just have to ask, just thinking about being in, like, your shoes. or But when they first told you the news, like, you know, you're paralyzed. Like, what do you remember your reaction at all? So <clears throat> when I was, so my reaction to me getting hurt of me laying in the snow for that long was not even shit i'm gonna be in a wheelchair it was shit i have to get back on pain pills i'm gonna lose my plumbing job i have my own work truck um telling my sister telling my parents um basically telling my girlfriend you know like everything we had going on you know it was like you know this life i was trying to build you know literally just got taken away from me of you know like i was working hard working for my money i was had a vision i wanted to take over or open my own business when I was 25 and I would have done it easy. But that's the thing. It was more so like that got taken away and it was just, those were the things I was thinking about. It wasn't like the wheelchair or like what goes into being, having a spinal cord injury by, you know, being on a bowel program, not going in the bathroom on your own, having to use catheters, you know, to pee, you know, sexual functions, you know what I mean? Like all these things like you don't think about. And it's like, once you break your back and then you dive into it, you're just like, shit, man, like, that shit's heavy. You know, when people, like, look at you, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, like, for what? You know, and they're like, oh, you're you're in a wheelchair. And it's like, all right, like, so, like, you might have a limp. Or you, you like, whatever. Like, who cares? You know, it's like, that's just, like, tying my shoes. You know, I'm going to ch transfer in my wheelchair and go push the grocery store, right? And um, so it, it, it's just kind of, you know, those things when people say they're sorry, they don't really know why they're saying sorry. You know, it's the the stuff that you you lose that you don't really understand why you lose, you know, until you get a spinal cord injury. So, so going to the initial the initial curve, I think you're in the hospital for five weeks or something like that. Yeah, right? I was in for five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then, how is that like getting reacclimated to life? Like, was there like a a depression phase at all, or how was that like first maybe <laughs> six months? Yeah, the, the first six months is wild. Like. My sister, so everyone takes the injury, injuries different, you know, especially traumatic injuries. And I didn't talk to my sister for, you know, she was there, but she wasn't really coming around much. And I was probably, you know, all jacked up on pain pills and, you know, wasn't really probably the nicest, but at the same time, you know, shit was sad. And I didn't talk to her for nine months after my injury. 
Um, you know, like my, my mom came out for like week, two weeks, but same thing. Like, you know, her boyfriend at the time, like, you know, said some pretty gnarly stuff to me. You know what I mean? It was, it was, you know, like I'll say it. Like he straight up was texting me. He's like, yo, if you're in my platoon, I'd give you a bullet to kill yourself. Cause he asked to, asked to marry my mom. And I was like, fly out here, ask me man to man, face to face. I was like, quit your drinking, like around my little sister, you know, like, I don't mind if you do it, but not if you're like a alcoholic and mean, you know, and, uh, you know, just stuff like that. And then calls me later, like 20 minutes later, he's like, you make your mom so unhappy. And then I was like, what the fuck? And then he sends me all these messages. Like, me like I, I deleted them like two years ago, I think, but messed up messages. And it was just like the stuff I had to deal with in the hospital was just so wild to like think about like, that's what you have to deal with. And then on top of trying to, you know, focus on your rehab. Um, but like I said, I mean, like, you know, I talked to my mom now, like a lot. I talked to my dad a lot now, like when he came out, like, you know, like it was fine. It was just, you know, I never really got along with my dad super well. You know, I, I am getting along with him way better. He's definitely putting in such an effort to, of, you know, I remember when I told him, I was like, yo, I want to be a professional sit skier. He's like, yo, go get a job, go to school, all this, or like, you know, make a career out of something, what I'm doing with sports. And, you know, now he's like so proud he's like i'm sorry you know for all that and it's just and it's and it's just like motivation but at the same time it like so you know those five weeks was very hard but at the same time when i was in the hospital at craig hospital i was just trying to i didn't really talk to the family you know after i'd say after the december 15th so after like three four weeks in the hospital and then it was just me and my girlfriend and i just was like it was just how quick can i transfer my wheelchair how quick can i learn how to go poop and pee how quick can I learn how to drive a car to transfer on an airplane to tra you know what I mean? How, how can I live again? You know? So I ended up taking a driving class and I ended up driving, uh, got hand controls installed, which is crazy. They're like $1,500. So like really expensive. So now the past six years I have portable hand controls call my poor man hand controls, but they do the job. It's just so funny because <laughs> they're, they're temporary. They're so, and I just, everyone's like, yo, don't you want to like get, ones or like ones that are like mountains like no they do the job you know and they're just like you know like a little rope right here but they're just swaying all over the place but um yeah i got my license and they like installed or my i think my mom helped me get these and I, I don't know or maybe the recreational you know i applied for grant got installed and it was sick because i had my car but i didn't technically have the license and then i had nowhere to go i had to move out of my i got my own apartment in october broke my back in november and then I had to move out. So I lived in a hotel for five days and then lived in Walcott, which is like in the middle of Vale and Eagle. And on this hill, it took like 30 minutes to get to town. And I like, I couldn't even get in the bathroom. We had to take off like the sidewalls or put a sheet up and like, yeah, I'm a new injury and like, I'm living with five randos and I'm just taking a shit, just like door open. You know what I mean? I'm just like, all right, man, like this is, this is, life like this is what you have to do you just have to do what you have to do you know and um so that's kind of like that brings you to you know the start of my injury so kind of the new normal for you huh yeah you, you pushed know? your family away a bit it sounds like and just your girlfriend was there for you that must have been pretty hard huh yeah i mean it, it, like my uh my mom um her 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 pipes froze when she visited me and like she moved away when i was seven so like we never really were you know, super close, right? I never thought in my mind, hey, I'm going to go live with her. Um, then my dad was renting a room like I was. So I was like, where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. 
and I'm sure I could have gone like with friends and all this stuff, but it was more so, um, yeah, my girlfriend was amazing. It like she crushed it, you know. And um, is there financial assistance when you get in situations like this? Because all of a sudden you can't work. Like what what happens? You know, yeah. when you have money saved up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty messed up, honestly. Because I was going from making like three to four thousand dollars a month, you know, maybe five, you know, with overtime, but then to getting applying, making sure you're disabled, which is kind of hilarious but you have to like prove it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, dude, <laughs> i don't know what, you want, what else do you want me to say you have to yeah. fucking prove it and yeah. it's like, all right that's fine there's a lot Whatever. of scammers out there though so, yeah no no and, and that's the thing and like it's their fault so, that you gotta prove exactly it. <laughs> right but we get on disability and I, I was on social security income ssi for like six months and then you know if you're permanently disabled you know you get social security dis- disability income so ssdi and uh i was getting six hundred dollars a month which is big step back. Which is, I mean, Mowen, Colorado, living. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, uh, my buddy Max Coombs, big shout out to him, like for sure. He, uh, back in Keene, New Hampshire, like they started a uh, fundraiser, you know, and just kind of GoFundMe page, and um, I don't know. I think we raised like eight grand. So it was like, you know, for me, I'm like, I have no money, so this is yeah, amazing. Everything, yeah, everything's going to help. But honestly, I go on Go. No, I don't even go on GoFundMe, but it's like, I swear I see on GoFundMe, like, people just get like, now I don't know why, but like, I swear, like, some people just get like half a million dollars. I'm like, holy shit, how'd you get that much? You know? <laughs> so at the same time, like, I'm so glad and happy, like, that happened to me because it was like, I'm glad I didn't get like 50 grand or 100 grand because, like, shit, I probably would have blew it or something like that, you know? Well, there's, uh-huh. a, there's also something to be said, too, because if you look at where you're at now, you know, you make good money as a professional sit skier. You've jumped the big air at the X Games, all kinds of other things we can't talk about. You've done these incredible feats. But I feel like I want to ask this, too, but when the, the hardships that we go through are give us confidence that we can go through anything, I think, I've, at least in my experiences. And do you feel like since, you know, you've gone through the injury where you've broken your back, you've had the financial instability you've gone through breakups you've gone through troubled family life that now now you can like face anything is that safe to say or do you feel like that's that's sharpened your character at all or yeah i mean i think for it goes for anyone like if you're able-bodied or not it doesn't i don't yeah. care who you are you know yeah. you have your struggles you don't but like you know what you go through in life it shapes everyone mm-hmm. um but yeah most definitely all that stuff has shaped who i am for sure well, this is a good time to start talking about this thing right next to me here. This the uh, the rig and the sitski. What? How did you? How did you find yourself in one of these? Uh, my sister and brother in law. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 so Ashley, she got married. I think a couple years ago. She did it for the flight bennies to get. She got married to my brother in law for the flight bennies. Oh, one of those setups. Yeah, <laughs> they went to the they went to the uh, you know courthouse, got married with my dad, and it was like, all right, cool. She's like, hey, do you want to come to our wedding? I was like, wedding? It's like, what do you mean wedding? She's like, yeah, we're going to the courthouse getting married. I was like, no, dude, I'm skiing, you know. <laughs> so, so I didn't go. You're like, is it for the bennies? Anyways? <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, is it a Patriots game? I'll come, you know. <laughs> No, but, uh, so, so let's see, um, fast forward to like not talking to my family. I reached out like nine months later and, uh, me and my ex kind of like split. It was, that was kind of like, you know, really, really tough time. It took me, so I was on pain pills. I had to get back on them and, um, I was on them for five months and I just remember getting off of them 
for let's see i threw out like i remember it was like april or like maybe may but i was like yo i don't need this anymore and like i went to the doctors too to pick them up like my new script it was like 90 oxys 100 100 something you know so i had like so many pain pills and i was like holy shit but i just remember like i think taking one on the on eagle on the highway i-70 and i was like nope i just threw them all out and i was like someone was like i told them that i think the next day or someone maybe my girlfriend she's like could have sold those, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like make money. a lot of money. And I'm like, I, I trust me. I'm like, get it, just get them out of here. And uh, I think like a month later I got like a UTI, my first UTI. So I had to like, my back was hurting and shit. And I was like, Oh, what's going on? You know, ended up going to the ER and just got like, you know, 10 Percocets. Urinary tract infection. Yes. Urinary tract infection. And then I ended up, it's very common in spinal cord injuries. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting 10 Took two a day, and then literally was off them. For the next three days, I was, like, the worst, not worst move, but I was, like, dry heaving. I was, like, puke. You know what I mean? I was just, like, so sick. And I was From like, the withdrawals. Yeah, I was, like, holy shit. Like, I was off them for a month, then got back on them for, like, a couple of days, and I was, like, dude, oh, okay. So that basically was everything. I ended up, I had nowhere to go, you know, and then ended up, you know, I told my girlfriend. I went on vacation for three weeks, told her. I was, like, I'm out, and then moved back home. You'll get a kick out of this. I moved back home to New Hampshire. I lived on my buddy's couch. I had three stairs to get up. I lived on a couch, and then the bathroom was on the second floor. So I'd piss in a bottle every like all the time. You know, I used catheter, piss around the bottle, and then to go to the bathroom, take a shit, I'd have to climb the stairs, uh, transfer up to the toilet if you know my wheelchair wasn't there, if all the boys weren't there, uh, take a shit, transfer down, scoot my ass over to the toilet. I mean, shower transfer up transfer down into the shower you know sit on the bottom shower transfer out get changed on the ground then transfer down the stairs and then back in my wheelchair and like i would either i did that for like three months because i had nowhere to go and uh it felt comfortable for me just for friends but same time i was like what the fuck did i do with leaving colorado leaving the mountains and then um anyways i came back on a trip Ended up, uh, you know, coming for rehab, coming on a week-long trip for three weeks, two weeks rehab, one with my sister in Snowmass, and that's how, like, I first started sit skiing. And my brother-in-law and my sister, my my sister's boyfriend at the time, TC, and Ashley is her name, and they got me on the slopes. And it was just like, I remember, you know, them on the bunny hill, like, oh, yeah, can you make a turn? I'm like, no, dude, I need, like, speed. It was like a foot of snow, you know, when I went. And they, like, went on this cat track, and it kind of just went straight and then to the left. And I was like, all right. I was trying to turn on the skinny ski. I'm trying to turn and just, like, make a turn. I was, like, freaking out because I can't even make a turn. Like, it's not turning. And, like, I thought I was going straight into the woods, and I throw myself on the ground. Anyways, they picked me up, get me onto the main trail. I ski down, and I'm just gripping. You know, I ski down, and they're like, all right. So uh, do you want to go for an afternoon? I was like, hell no, dude. I'm good. My, my arms are just bulletproof, you know, just shaking. And uh, that was my first day. And then was that right away where you're like, this is it? I'm into this? No. <laughs> it was more so I enjoyed it. I got it, understood it, and I was like, holy shit, this is hard. Very hard. And I think it was more so, let's see, I didn't, so I was still living in the East Coast then, right? So I ended up seeing my girlfriend. I was trying to make stuff work with her and ended up, I was back in East Coast, and then I was like, what am I doing in my life? I was like, moving back out. So four weeks later, I had this 93 Camry at the time, 
and uh, packed it full. My mom drove me out here, and I've I've gone cross country ten times. Damn, and done it on Harley's um, for like that's another story. But uh, the Harley trip is that's why I moved to Colorado. Um, came here as a kid. But long story short, uh, yeah, man. Um, I would say once I moved back out here, my girlfriend at the time kind of was just like not really seeing me much. I was living half an hour away and I was just like, all right, what am I doing with my life? So I started going to the gym and then ended up uh, just working out. And Craig hospital was like, Hey, we have this alumni trip. And I was like, all right, what is it? They're like, that's skiing in Crescent View. I was like, sign me up, you know? And I'm trying to like get gear and all this stuff. And I ended up, uh, you know, getting goggles and I showed her basically our goal was like for me to walk again, you know, or like try to just rehab and, you know, there's a certain time frame where, you know, your nerve return stops and that's totally fine. Um, but it was like up to two years and I was like a year into it right there. And she just wanted me to rehab. She didn't want me to get her and I understand, but it was more so like I can rehab, but like I can't, I need something. I need to like wheelchair basketball is fun, but like I need that adrenaline, you know? So went on this trip and my whole goal was black diamonds by the end of Friday in five days. And then I was on in three days on a groomer. And I was like, this is it. And uh, yeah, you when you broke your back and they fused your vertebrae, I I understood is I didn't think you were going to be able to walk, so there was a chance you would be able to walk through rehab. No, oh, there wasn't. <laughs> no, okay. it was just wishful thinking with your sister and uh, not not my sister, my girlfriend. Oh, your girlfriend. So, yeah, so it was more so I broke my back and at the time like so I'm an incomplete uh, paraplegic, um, so meaning T11, T12, incomplete paraplegic, meaning like I have movement. So, um. I laid in the snow for three and a half hours. So that decreased all that swelling. You know, if I didn't lay in the snow, I would have no movement. Why did it take them so long to get to you? That's one thing I, I meant to ask. I have no clue. I don't think it, they realized how bad it was. Oh. And because sometimes they'll send a helicopter, right? It was it was bad. Yeah, they can't land if it's stormy. Oh, right. from the storm. And then maybe just where like, you are in Vail Pass. And, yeah, and then just driving. It just I just don't think they realized how severe it was, you know? Yeah. So. Bummer. So you, when you say incomplete paraplegia, so you have a little bit of movement? Yep. So yeah. like I can like you know move my hip flexors and groin and stuff like that. Yep. Um, nothing below the knees or anything like that. Um, you know, I can't stand on my own. I can't do anything like that. But, um, you know, they make leg braces, you know, high leg braces. They're um, KFOs that go up to your hips. And I've gotten three shoulder surgeries. So it's like, all right, you know, try to just walk around. Or, you know, for me it was like, because I can't stand on my own. So it was like, all right, I could try and do this. is amazing. Don't get me wrong. The benefits are great. But at the same time, like, I can get around in my wheelchair. So it's like, how can I learn how these are my legs now? And it's mm -hmm. like, so efficient. And it's like, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. It's like, with my shoulders, like, I want to live longer. And so. Because if you had those leg, the brace or the crutches or whatever to help you walk was that mess with your shoulders is that the yeah thing? and it's just so inefficient it's like all right hold yeah. on let me get up real quick and you like some people faster in your chair oh yeah i just yeah. like i'll do anything i'll drop the stairs backwards you know it's like <laughs> you know just you do it you know you do figure you it out do. yeah so well i want to dive into uh the the rig yeah the sit ski because i'm fascinated mm -hmm. with this thing uh, you know, some people can't see this. They're watching on, on TV. So you should, you should break this or they're, they're listening, listening to it. Yeah, on of podcast. course. So you should explain kind of what it is to the listeners and how it all works and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so I ride in a sit ski and, um, we'll start with a ski itself, but the ski is a normal ski. I put a race plate down and then I put a binding on top and then, so we'll go to the rig. So we'll start at the rig, the bottom of the rig. It's basically like a 325 millimeter sole. So it's the exact same thing as a, uh, an able body ski boot. 
Um, so you clip into the binding and I, I turn my dins on my ski to 24. So I max them and I put a block in cause you don't want to come out <laughs> while you're sit skiing. It's basically the opposite of skiing. And, uh, so then you have this whole frame and you have a shock component with a dampener and a reservoir and everything. And you have a motorcycle grade shock and, you know, you have a rebound, low, low speed and high speed compression. And then basically you have that frame and then you get a, a bucket and you have to cushion it because spinal cord injuries, skin is everything. So you could be doing all these gnarly things, but at the same time, if you don't watch out for, you know, sitting on hard surfaces, you know, sitting on a screw, like stuff like that, and you get a pressure sore, you're out for weeks. You know, if it gets bad, you get surgery, you're out for months. So this guy, Aspen Seating, um, he just molded this seat. It's all molded to my butt. And um, basically, it protects your skin and, uh, you know, backrest and everything. And then I have a shell on it um, to basically protect me from snow and, you know, like branches and stuff like that. And then, um, so that's that. And then, you know, depending on what you're skiing, you know, you can always, you know, mess with the shocks and all that. And then I have these outriggers behind me. Enabling technology is uh, who makes them. But uh, they're basically ski poles. And then you pull these strings. They flap down and... You have these little skis, and they're called outriggers. So, that's no, those are used up. for balance, basically. Yeah, they're used for balance, and you know, like <laughs> when you're just standing there, like, and you need to push around, you can like pull them up into crutch mode, and then you can like push around. Mm-hmm. So. Well, beautiful. This is a great uh, segue into a guest question, and this is from legendary professional snowboarder Timmy Osler. Uh-huh. Here we go, Trevor. What's up? It's Tim Osler here. Congratulations on being born with enormous balls of steel. (laughs) You are a maniac, sir. Uh, My question for you is a two-part question. And the first part of that question is, considering that you're at the top of the field and sort of riding the map for where the sport's going, uh, where do you see the sport going? And in that question, what roadblocks might keep it from getting there? The second part of the question is about equipment. I noticed in your landing at the X Games that you absolutely bottomed out and mushed every piece of your equipment your body included are you involved with any sort of progression of of equipment are you working with anyone etc and what do you think the uh the equipment needs to be in order to push the sport forward thanks man uh congratulations keep killing it what's up my man (laughs) give him an air horn uh no it's a great question um where do i see the sport going i mean I just absolutely love it, you know, and it's it's for me, you know, and um, but I wanted to, you know, bring both skiing, snowboarding, and you know, bring more awareness to disabilities, and just kind of like make that, you know, because I'm so I'm friends with so many of the snowboarders and skiers and stuff like that, but like when we're together, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, we're just all skiing, hanging out. So, um, but like I mean, at the same time, I would just love to keep pushing it and want people to keep pushing it, but like in a safe manner, uh, calculate a risk and, you know, be smart, be, be ready for it. And if you're not ready, like, you know, that jump or a cliff or a rail or whatever is going to be there, you know, it's like, take your time. If you're not, not physically ready, mentally ready, it's like, it's all right, you know, come back when you are. So, and then equipment, shit, good question. Cause, uh, I was going to talk about that and that's like definitely, trying to work with a company to build my own. Um, that's definitely the, my, that's definitely my goal. Um, if, if I do like put it out, 
to public, that's amazing. But at the same time, I just really want to work with a company to, you know, it might take five years, you know, but like, I don't really care. I just want to do it right and put out something that's like, you know, if people want to push it, you know, they have the equipment to push it. Um, you know, just the, the Siski is amazing, but you know, how can we just make it better and better? You know, I have a Patreon question along this line as well. Um, First of all, do you want to talk about Patreon sure, yeah. for a sec? Uh, first of all, yeah, basically our show is supported by our sponsors, and it's supported by people that buy merch, and it's hugely supported by all of our Patreon members. So you can sign up and uh, pay a monthly subscription and help us keep this show going, and, and then you get a chance to ask a question on air and a bunch of other fun stuff. But who's this one from, Buzz? You also get to create a cool name like this guy did Yeah, what is you it? sign on the Patreon. Old Nerdy Bastard. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> all. Let's give him an air horn. <laughs> yeah, that's a a really good one. I've yeah. seen some great names. That's a good one. So this is along the lines of product as well, so I figure it's a good time for it. And so Old Nerdy Bastard asks, are you working on creating a more park-friendly setup, maybe something with a lower center of gravity and a wider ski or maybe even a narrow snowboard? No. <laughs> 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 no, I mean. On- the, the center of gravity feels right where it is. I mean, it is a little high, but on this this rig, I mean, there's other rigs that you can have lower center of gravity. Yeah, you can probably tweak it, right? But at the same time, you know, I I'm not. You see a lot of videos of me skiing park. It's accessible. Well, in the video I saw, yeah, <laughs> it seems like the park setup is friendly. It, well, it is, but at the same time, it's like you see me skiing park, but like I wouldn't consider myself a park rider. You know, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't consider me a, at all a park rider. Um, you know, I I love Big Mountain. I love Big Mountain, and I just love skiing the whole mountain. You know, that's why we're here. You know, that's why I quit ski racing, because I'm not here to just ski one one little track. You know, it's like, don't get me wrong, it's fun, amazing. I love it. I love rails. Absolutely love rails. But that that's what I mean. It's more so like, I'm when I'm skiing, I'm skiing the whole mountain. And that's why, um, you know, the setup I have now, you know, riding a fat ski. Um, I love moguls. I love, you know, cliffs and all that, the steeps. But it's still, it's like having that big ski, that surface to get around. Um, a skinny ski is great, but like it's only for groomers, and I hate groomers. <laughs> They're fun, you know, here and there, but like I, I just love the whole mountain, you know. And um, yeah, so I guess, I guess, no, I'm not working on anything um, for anything like that. What about the width of the ski? Are you happy with it? Yeah, I, I love the width of the ski. I mean, like, say if you're skiing three feet of pal, I'm sure, like, yeah, something bigger. But like, how realistic is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like. You know, like we haven't had snow in a minute, so yeah, def. I was talking. I was like, yeah, maybe I should be riding a little or ski. You know, because like I'm not gonna get off. You know, even if I get off the track, it's the moguls are hard pack. You know, so the skinny ski kind of punches through and mm. doesn't you know bring that tail around. That's why I ride the fat ski all the time. You know, Makes but I sense. just saw in your car you got you got different skis for different stuff, right? No, those are the, they're all the same one. The, oh, they're these the are this year's model. Okay, sick. And then last year with like all the animals Got on it. it were last year's. Well, one thing I've been dying to ask because when you hit all those giant step downs and stuff, you land and then you bounce. <laughs> and and uh, you know, anybody that races anything, be it a car, be it a motorcycle, a mountain bike, the suspension is so key. And I, I wanna know about the suspension. Do you ever mess with it? Do you do you get it somewhere? What do you how do you set it up? Yeah, I mean uh, so I have no rebound in my shock. Really? I turn it all the way off. Yeah. Which is wild. But like I still there's just so much force and you know, like I said, this is a great rig, but at the same time, you know, like 
the ge- geom- the ge- geometry of it, geometrics of it. Yeah, you know, that's the word. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, that right there, I think is can be better. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a solid rig for you know. I break shit randomly, screws here, there, but like the the geometry of it, you know, can be better mm-hmm. to work better. So mm-hmm. there's you know the shocks are working better. You know, just like a Baja truck, it's like. All right, how can we make, yeah, I don't know if there's enough room to do that, but you get what I'm saying, like, how can no, we make you it? you get tech. Exactly. You know, how can we make it to where, you know, a Baja truck, right? You know, like, yeah, everything's moving, but that tire is staying on the ground and mm-hmm. everything's moving above it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you make that, you know? And I don't know, It's it might be tough to. It's a balance of rebound and compression, but yeah. Comes down to a <laughs> lot of money probably. And, that, and that's the yeah, thing. And that's the, the thing. investment. It's just the investment to like, trial and error it's like all right let's do it you know but like i'm just kind of waiting until then because it's a lot of money there's one person also that's that uh has came on our show that it would be perfect do you know who maggie leon yeah i was thinking that too it sounds super familiar she's like a professional snowboarder she rides for burton okay and she's also an engineer for burton and she works on the burton and uh adaptive program oh cool she builds like all the boots and things like that and she came in here and she talked about summer and she's excited the minute she talked about engineering adaptive stuff, she lit up. Like she was like <laughs> so excited to talk about it. But I guarantee she'd be a good person to talk to. I feel like if you take somebody like Maggie and then yeah, you take the a mind. motorcycle suspension tech and you combine them, love that. That's you get the, some of Ken Block's that, people. That, that, yeah, mixed you get in with Maggie Leon. Yeah, you get a couple. Yeah. That's it, dude. I think that's the formula. And obviously, it takes takes money. But I'm sure some people will be reaching out after this episode. Some engineers and stuff. All right, buds. I think it's a good time for you know what. Name that video part. That's right. Now, name that video part is presented by the Icon Pass, isn't it, buds? It is. It all starts now. Icon Pass is on sale for the 22-23 season. It's time to keep the stoke alive. Seek a season of fun in the mountains and do you Across 50 of the best ski donations in the world. Destinations. Destinations or donations? Destinations. Okay, copy that. Well, the Icon Pass welcomes three legendary new destinations to their family of mountains. Chamonix in France, Sun Valley in Idaho, and Snow Basin right here in Utah. Additionally, new pass options have been added to the mix, starting at only $249 for adult. The Icon <laughs> Pass 2-day and the Icon Pass 3-day offering a range of affordable entry points. Score the best prices on winter 22-23 and get all the early season goods. Upon purchase, buy now, ride now with immediate spring access to three mountains and a total of 10 destinations by April 11th. Save up to $200 in child passes with the purchase of an adult pass. 21-22 pass holders can claim up to $100 off and renewal discounts for 22-23. And paid all forward to the payment plan as low as zero down, zero APR. You can find the Icon Pass at IconPass.com. Now, with that being said, Trevor, let's get into Name That Video Part. We always ask our guests, what is your confidence level 0 through 10 on Name That Video Part? 6 or 9. Okay, wow, love that. Solid that answer. Good? good answer. Now, we, w- there. we went snowboard <laughs> video part on you uh, just because that's what we do here. And uh, let's, let's see how you do. Here we go. Can I say it? Yeah. You're supposed to say it. Okay. <laughs> uh, isn't that's the art of flight? Yes, it? it is. Yes, it is. Let's go. <laughs> yes, it is. 
Uh, we <laughs> so, so we got, got you. You got to name the rider too, though. Uh, I mean, you don't. I mean, I'm gonna. It's kind of a montage. Yeah, it's true. Huh? It's probably Travis, right? Yeah, just I'm Travis. Yes, yeah. but maybe some others in there. You know. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is kind like of every a. Second. It's and kind uh, of a Monty. Yeah. It's not like video part. Based. Jackson That's true. there, probably right. Yeah, that maybe. Uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Lago, there's a whole game. Lando, Lando, yeah. Lando, Lando yep. Lago. So you got yourself uh, a bombhole prize pack, which we have not gotten for you yet because we haven't asked your size. We'll get it for you after the show. Uh, but it's going to be filled with bombhole merch. Thank you, guys. What, what size hoodie are you? I'm an XL. XL, we got you covered. Got Perfect. You. Thank Perfect. you. Um, and then uh, for part two, we basically do this for our listeners. They can pick the name that video part. And how do they do that, buds? What they're going to want to do is on the first post on the Bombhole Instagram, when we announce that Trevor is going to be on the show the next day, you're going to name the winner or name that video part, and uh, you will get a prize pack. Here we go. Here's the song. Bro, I'm the ultimate collabo with rap flows all time like Rado and Shadow. Why you mad, bro? Okay. Thank you guys for playing Name That Video Part. All right, Trevor, we got to change gears here because I got to ask, I saw you at X Games. I saw you hit the big air jump. You were there live. You are not. No, no, not oh, live. Just okay. on the screen, on the television gotcha. screen. And you went, you were like shot out of a cannon. You landed three quarters of the way down. Tell us about your experience doing that. Oops, on that first hit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the whole experience is so amazing. The The whole X Games, like, crew there from Big E to Tim, you know, Sarah, all those people, amazing, you know. Uh, my agent, Jameson, for getting it, out, the, you know, getting it all done. But they were just super kind to me. It was really cool, the whole experience. So, like, I've been there the past six years and then go there, like, as an athlete. It was really, really cool. Um, yeah. What about just uh, coming in, like, because – you know, th this is another thing to, to talk about because I, I want to get into, like, the progression of sit skiing, the progression of your sport, because I, I almost equate it to the four-minute mile. There's an analogy where people are like, it couldn't be broken, it couldn't be done, and then they see they see that it can be done, and then everybody breaks it, right? And so there's something to be said for being the first person to fly off of a giant big mm -hmm. air kicker and uh, on, on a sit ski and, and just, I guess, you know, curious, like, Caging speed, you know, all that stuff. How was it coming in and, and figuring out speed? Because you got you went huge. Yeah, uh, on Friday, I ended up crashing on practice. Um, I was watching all the girls drop, and, you know, I was like, oh, they're straight lining. I was like, I'm a little heavier than them, and I'm like, all right, I can do this. And when I did that, it was like 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, no one's really been hitting it. So, like, you know, slowed down, and it was still snowing. And I straight lined. I didn't have any wax either, and I straight lined it, and I knuckled. And I, like, straight up under flipped, like, hit the knuckle and then went, like, all the way to the bottom, bottom landed on my back. My ski popped off. Like, dude, I knocked the wind out of myself. It was the gnarliest crash I've ever had. <laughs> Wild. Wow. Gnarly. Well, you're probably the only athlete at X Games that doesn't have a professional tune job. You said you're <laughs> whack. Like, all, everybody that's hitting that jump, it's their so board waxed. is tuned by, like, a professional wax tech usually. Like, it's crazy, at least in snowboarding. I don't know about skiing. So, so Chip Perot, uh from copper he ended up uh waxing my stuff yep and then kobe stevenson and mac forehand they pushed me in <laughs> and because i was just like all right i don't want to knuckle because that's <laughs> that was the scariest thing ever and then you know it was obviously way different conditions and when i 
went huge you know i was riding that ski for the past day so i went huge on it and i was like oh my goodness <laughs> i definitely cleared it and all i was trying to think of my like when i was in there i was like all right try to go like land sideways because i wasn't trying to land that that was you know i would probably got hurt trying to land it you know so i was trying to like slide out what i did and um it was funny because we got to the bottom and uh james woodsy tried giving me a medal and i was like dude thank you like thanks man but i'm going back up like no hold on to that like i need to go stop this and um, the second time I went through, it was like brand new ski. So it was fresh wax. And like, I didn't even draw, like I didn't even push in, you know, and coming in the second hit, I like lined it up perfect, you know, I popped off of it. And I was just like in the air, I was like, damn, I'm going just as big. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I was like, all right, well, let's try to land it, you know, like try to land it. But just, just like how big I went, it was just hard to like find that sweet spot. And I think I was a little psyched out with just, you know, the practice run. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that sounds like a good wax tech, too, getting you that speed. That's what you need. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, another thing, too, I'm curious about, too, because when I think about you in the air, you know, the amount of core strength, like, you know, on a skis or a snowboard, you, you're able to kind of adjust your body positioning to, to you know, either if your nose is diving or your nose high. Like, how is the, how's the adjustment when you go off a kicker and, and getting yourself to come back into the landing, right? Yeah, it's definitely a... Uh, when you try to come off the kicker, it's definitely trying to pop off of it, you know, trying to get over the ski. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't do that, you're just fighting from the get-go. So it's like a, do you do like a little seat bounce kind of, or the, not, the pop? Not really a seat bounce. I kind of just like, you know, like hips for like hips, shoulder, you know, kind of just, you know, pop forward, you know, yep. just get over it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, try to off the lip. Yeah. If I get an invite back or, you know, hope, you know, we'll see what happens. But either way, you know, if that does happen, there's going to be some, you know, fun stuff that happens next year. So, oh, Stay he's going tuned. big. Stay tuned. No, no, no. no Kids ready to cool. stop. <laughs> Killer. Also, I think we should talk about the fact that you are hitting street spots on a sit ski, which you have to. I have to mention is the first. The the first, you're the first person to do that. And how how has that experience been? There's so many different. You know, there's not natural speed. Sometimes you have to hold on to a winch. Like I'm curious about how how you hold on to the winch and, and hit spots and all that type of stuff yeah um it's so wild because you know growing up a kid i was a snowboarder you know and seeing all those east coast videos of just you know street spots and just you know heavy metal music you're just you know it's raw right and uh it's so to be out there trying it and doing it it's just like whoa what am i doing you know and uh it's it's pretty heavy but at the same time like learning how to hold on and figuring it all out that was like it's super wild how how to figure that out um because like if i hold on with one arm i'm just gonna you know say up a um a pommel lift right like yep. i try to hold on i'm just gonna turn sideways and I, I can't do it it's too hard and so they have like you know quick release systems but basically i i uh, hook this hook and to the winch and then connect uh to my leg cover i have this like quick release and i hook the little hook in there and i have this string that runs straight to my mouth and then you know however fast like 30 miles i don't even know how fast it goes but you know i can get up get going real fast and uh you know my first spot is so funny trying to figure it out and like you know i get there and it's like all right this is what we're doing <laughs> like wait we're jumping over a road and a couple fences <laughs> and i was like all right cool and uh but those first couple days like figuring out i was like do we need a bigger winch do we need more speed because a lot of times you know when the skiers or snowboarders you know rip off that winch they they, they pull you know so yep. they get that extra speed and i don't so i just pull i just, so anyways i pull this string with my mouth and it's 
it's kind of badass. <laughs> so, so you're getting pulled for for people that are unfamiliar. A winch is basically like a street. Yes, sorry. No, I'm just like to paint a yep. picture for people. That not everybody knows. It's a, it's basically a big tow machine. It's a, it's like a generator looking machine, and it has a wheel and it pulls you. And when when there's no hill, you have speed to fly into a rail or off of a jump. And yeah, for for a normal able bodied snowboarder skier, you, you hold on and then you pull off and then you let go of the rope and then boom, you you catch air. And then just the fact that you have to like have a quick release or you're coming in and you like pull it with your mouth and then you're flying through the air is it's fucking unbelievable. It's man. crazy. Wild. Dude, it, I mean, that's the thing. We kept going further and further back. <laughs> yeah. And I look at that speed. Yeah. And I look and I'm like, you know, three days later, you know, there was snow there. And then now we literally have a strip of snow and my outriggers are like going over concrete and stuff. And yep. it's just like, I look to my left and I'm like, this is a full football length. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going a hundred hundred yards so i'm definitely going fast you know mm-hmm. and then to pull that string to to and then to focus on what you're doing and um, it's, you can't do a proper speed check either huh uh, that gets you, sketchy yeah, you know and you, you otherwise you fly off you can't like turn sideways and stop real quick i mean on that jump i probably could have but more so we try to like build like a little runway for me to like just peel out and oh, i kind of nice. try to stop peel but, off yeah but still like you know snow's running out and all that and there's a road gap there. Yeah, so you don't want to like, a yeah, fence. you you want to pull it, and but at the same time you just like you have that thing in your head where you're just like, damn, is this like gonna release or not? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get sucked into wow. the winch. That's bad news. Yeah. So. Well, we have another guest question, and this is from friend of the show, none other than Eddie Wall. Here we go. <laughs> Yo, what up, bombhole? Check out the hoodie. Uh, what up, Trevor? Eddie here. My question for you today is. Uh, there's a clip of you on Instagram and you're doing a backflip off of this little like diving board. Uh, it looks like it's kind of a, on a powder day. Uh, my two questions are one, what is the difference for you between landing in powder and landing on a park jump and which do you prefer? And number two is it looks like you honestly land on like a mogul or an uphill uh, landing on that and bounce. And I've seen that happen to you on a lot of other landings. It looks like you land really hard, but it doesn't seem to phase you. Um, what is the suspension like in your sit ski? And do you ever feel like gutted or is it ever painful when you land that hard? Thank you, guys. Love you all. Peace out. Eddie, you're the man. <laughs> Absolute man. Uh, let's see. Good questions, Eddie. Um, uh, let's see. To the equipment part, I'll answer the second part. But uh, equipment, on that particular jump, I ended up landing. I mean, it was a powder day, and, you know, uh, Winter Park is very notorious for bumps. So, you know, when there's powder, it's like, all right, you know, it's kind of filled in, so you kind of have to, like, pick your days if you really, you know, are choosing to go for it. And, you know, I kind of was rolling with my buddies in Winter Park, and we kind of just, like, rolled up to this, and, like, they all hit it, and I was like, oh, sick. And then I, I rolled up to it, and I was, like, popped off, and I was like, all right, cool. It has some, like, you know, it has potential. And uh, anyways, came through it and then, you know, backflipped it. But first time I, like, ended up catching my tip and, like, you know, like – you know pressed super hard in with my nose and almost wrote it out but like didn't you know give it enough pop and then the second time i like went real fast and like a lot bigger and uh i landed straight on a mogul like and then i bounced and uh speaking to my equipment i wasn't really uh, i was messing around with a lot of my shock and uh my bucket at the time of like you know seat placement and um seat or like i guess positioning on my ski so it was all weird at the time but 
what do I prefer? I would say pow, man. Of course, everyone loves pow. But, I mean, park jumps are just super not easy, but it's just natural. You know I mean? It's a natural take, take off. It's a natural landing. It's supposed to do that, you know? Um, so when you go to, you know, off of cliffs or backcountry stuff, it's, you know, it's really cool because you have to, you know, I can do a Rubik's cube by the way, so. <laughs> but it's all about cube. like math, you know what I mean? Like, and I love it. <laughs> That's so, killer. It's like What's the Rubik's cube? The, those the things you spin around? Oh, the three by three. You, okay, you can pull a Rubik's cube. <laughs> no, I can do one. That's like my claim to fame, you know. Oh, got so. you. Learned that in eighth one. grade. I've never done one. Learned that in eighth grade, but that's incredible. We had someone do one on the show. Brandon Cokart. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, love that. Like he's <laughs> fast. Yeah, while he was talking, and then uh, uh, I can't. I can't do that. While we're talking about flying <laughs> into powder, we got to bring up Corbett's. So Corbett's is a uh, event in Jackson Hole where everybody flies into this cool R. And it's like a huge giant step down and you hit it on your sit ski and that it seemed like the world went crazy after that. <laughs> like I remember that that was the first time I was like, Who's this maniac? This is insane. Yeah, it went huge. Yeah. How's it, how's that experience? It, no, it was it was um it was awesome, man. It was actually the whole experience was I was trying to just do this, you know. I kind of wanted to do this free ride stuff and I was ski racing at the time and ended up going to Crescent Butte and went there for a free ride world tour. And then I got this email from Jackson. I was like, hey, like, yeah, like, we got in. And um, it was kind of friends of friends. You know, I've been trying to do it and got in. So I ended up driving back from in a snowstorm from Crescent Butte to Winter Park. Got, <coughs> got my stuff, went out to here, or Park City. Ended up driving from Park City, got my stuff mounted, drove to Jackson and got, my, got to the athlete meeting like that night literally pulled up it's like hey you know it's not like six inches pulled up in my wheelchair like struggling to get in you know i didn't know anyone and just um did the did the meeting and i met um some boys up in jackson maddie and wilson he like homies you know they're amazing people man and um you know they they uh they ended up taking me out monday and it was just cool because you know people are like oh let's go ski and i'm like yeah let's do it and then you know oh I, i'm doing this or i'm doing that and they they showed up and like we skied and then um you know i jumped a cliff he took you know took some pictures and then next day was the contest and it, that whole that whole lead up was amazing because like they were there from like day one and i'm still like friends with them now like real good friends mm -hmm. with them good friends with like the whole shop there and um so but that day it was just really cool riding the tram I remember being in like you know top of the waffle cabin just hanging out and with you know T travis rice and um you know all these amazing athletes and i'm like all right cool and uh you know he was very like helpful on that day too you know he definitely helped me speed check and uh, i just remember he was like yeah drop from here and i was like all right so i did and i was like no it's too slow you know because i can't get that pop off the lip you know i can't jump off with you know my legs so i just kind of fall off so i need that speed and uh I just, I'm so glad I pulled off because that could have been, you know, not, not the greatest, you know, ending. Um, but yeah, I just remember pulling off and I'm sure people were just like, what the fuck is this dude doing? Dude, the GoPro, the clip, the, there's a clip of it. It's like your GoPro and you're like, all right, I'm going. And then he drops in and then like, he just hooks it right. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm not going. Yeah. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And then, so I do it again and then I get up to the top and then I drop in with way more speed, twice the speed, I would say. Mm -hmm get up there and my like i was still at the time that was three years ago four seasons and you know i'm learning the sit ski like the spring obviously you know is still 
I don't know. I didn't know what I was really doing, you know, but trying to handle the second bounce because, you know, I was jumping close the day before and I was getting really bounced, you know, so I was still messing with stuff. And yeah, so I was like, all right, hold on this bounce, man. And, uh, you know, I knew that I saw, you know, I knew where the tranny was, but still it was like, I kind of missed it, went a little right. You know, I wish I went a little bit more left, but when I like, when I came to a stop, the roars from the top of the couloir to the bottom it was it was honestly like goosebumps you know it was so such a one-of-a-kind feeling you know mm-hmm. and also you have travis rice like watch the documentary on it and he's saying really nice thing he's like height he's you know having having travis at the top being like you got this has got to be special yeah. for, for sure i mean you know after you know i broke my back watching art of flight you know being a snowboarder and all these things you know definitely you know bumped me out of you know I guess, you know, I was always positive, but still that just definitely bumped me like to push me more. And it's like, all right, well, you know, you see like, you know, for instance, like Tanner Hall and his sport, you know, and like Candide and then Travis Rice and, you know, all these amazing people. And it's like, all right, well, you know, if they're doing that, it's like, you know, what I want to do that, you know, and that, that right there was, you know, everything for me too. Killer. Well, while we're on the trajectory of like awesome stuff, we got to talk about full circle. Your, uh, that's your new it's a two-year project. Three-year. Oh, it's three-year. Yeah. Level one. Yep. Level one productions, three-year project. Give us the rundown. What's the deal with it? Yeah, I uh, approached Josh Berman from level one, and uh, <laughs> shout out. Let's go. I ended up asking him. I approached him. I was like, hey, let's uh, – you stopped doing full-length feature films in 2019. It was 20-year anniversary. And I was like, you know, we knew each other from just mutual friends, but I was just like – yo man do you want to do this want to do this you know start out the small project and um you know i wanted to like you know go back and just backflip to where i got hurt and stuff and you know it was like a docuseries five minutes maybe like three of them and it was just funny because uh my first day of filming with him i was like yo come up with me and my friends um you know they have a jump belt and we ended up hitting it and he was just like I backflipped and I like crashed, but then I got up and did it again. I backflipped and stomped the shit out of it. And he was just like, dude, no way. Like, do you, you want to do like a year or two project? I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. You know? And, uh, that was basically the start of a uh, full circle. That's amazing. We actually have a guest question from Josh Berman. Let me find it here. Yeah, baby. Board. So here it is. Here we go. Hey, Trev, Josh here. So you've come up pretty quick. In the matter of a couple of years, you've gone from somewhat of an unknown to being a professional athlete. And you've got a lot of brands and a lot of people putting pressure on you and expecting a lot of you on a daily basis, not only on the hill, but off the hill. So what would you say at this point in your life is the biggest challenge of being a professional athlete? Great question, Josh. And uh, so excited to put this film out with you. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. The biggest challenge I would say for me, um, you know, I guess, you know, as stuff keeps moving forward and getting bigger and stuff, it's definitely, you know, you're getting pulled in so many directions and, you know, it's how, how do you like balance everything, you know, and that's very tough, you know, cause I, I travel, I do everything on my own. I, I mean, it's fine. You know, I don't, I'm not saying like, Oh, that's a good thing. Like how oh, I do it on my own. It's just, I just do it on my own, you know? And um so like trying to delegate stuff and like saying no it's okay and you know just making sure you like take time for yourself you know and um so important because you can just get so lost in everything and um yeah I, I honestly believe just taking like 
some recovery days, down days, because, like, you're just always on the go. Like, I was telling you earlier, Chris, I'm home probably the next three months, like a week, you know, and so it's just, like, kind of just trying to take those down days when you can, like, take them and just really just, you need it, you know, so. As you, as you get bigger, you got to get better at saying no, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's uh, a fact. There, huh? There's also something to, to thinking about your career when I, when I think about what he's saying. If you think about an average professional athlete, like, like take a professional somewhere. A lot of times, like you, you start, you get on rep flow from when you're, from when you're, tw- you know, fifteen, and then you're like maybe getting a bunch of free boards by eighteen, and you're maybe cashing a check at like twenty for two hundred fifty bucks, and there's like this long kind of drawn out, like like uh, career to get to being pro to where you're making a lot of money. And when I look at your your arc of your career, it's been you know you you kind of went from relatively unknown to like making good money in a short amount of time and learning like you know like you're, you're getting thrown out with josh from level one who's been filming ski videos for 20 years and these guys like know how to snowmobile they know how to build a jump they know how to hit street spots and you're just kind of like thrown in with the wolves like how how's the learning process been from like even you know first maybe part of the question would be in dealing with uh like how to set up spots and and like be in the backcountry in the streets and then and how to operate, and then even more so, like, how to deal with sponsors, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, going back to that first question, it's funny because it's just, like, you know, not 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 getting thrown in there. I have I've did this to myself, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, like, no, that's exactly, yeah. Like, no, 100%, but, like, that, but that's what, like, people don't know. And, like, yeah. like I, all the stuff that, like, I've gotten or done, I've put in so much hard work behind the scenes yeah. that no one knows about. Like, making all these connections, driving all these places, doing all these things and you know like email you know like all the back end stuff too and it's just like you know and that's what people you know like i love skiing and all but like i'm more than you know more than that too you know i mean it's like i'm a person everyone's a person it's like yeah you know so you know that right there is um and then going with sponsors you know same thing it's just like you live and learn you know like i'm growing and i'm growing but it's like how can i keep learning learning about skiing about sponsors but public speaking you know like other avenues of you know having a life for yourself after skiing you know because i know i can't do this forever and it's like how can i learn all these you know connections or um you know things i learn along the way to you know set myself up to be successful and Mm -hmm. you know give back and um the way i'm doing not by like speaking, but more so by like what I'm doing. Yeah, and and I also got to preface with, I didn't mean any disrespect. By oh no, that. no, no, no! There's no disrespect. No, no, like it's, yeah, <laughs> that, that, did, that could come off the wrong way because you've been putting in the work, obviously, to do these big tricks. You just you came up quick, but you, it was a quick, it was a quick thing. Yeah, but One thing to think about too is you know earlier you talked about how you do it for yourself, mm. but you're such an inspiration for other people. You know, does that weigh on you a bit? Um. It doesn't really weigh on me, you know, like, honestly, I just, if anyone wants to come up or say hi, or like, I'll straight up take the time to, like, talk to them, and I'll shake their hands, like, a lot of people are like, oh, I love what you do, and I'm like, thanks so much, and then it's like, hey, what's your name, you know, what what do you, what do you do, like, where do you live, you know, like, talk to them, you know, and then that's, I think for me, like, that's, like, the cooler part of just, like, you know, it's like, yeah, thanks, I appreciate that, and it's like, but, like, you came out to me to take the time to talk. It's like, all right, I'm going to take the time back to like talk to you as a person too, you mm-hmm. know? And there's a learning curve with that. Like, you know, they call it first fame, you know, or not like there's, there's like, not, not, it's just like, it's kind of a, an adjustment to be like, 
whoa, I'm at a coffee shop and like somebody's psyched and knows who I am or whatever, sure. right? You know, how's, how has that been? Just Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely happens a lot. I mean, yeah. especially since I'm in a wheelchair too. But, yeah. um, you know, like I, like I said, it's just like my dad always taught me to was when I, when I was swim racing, like I got real good at swim racing. But he was like, dude, I don't care if you're, you know, in a local comp national comp like if you get your ass whooped you stay in there and you shake you know your left and right person's hand you know if you win by minute you still wait you know until the last person's done you know so i think you know that just going back to like just being like respectful and just like taking the time to you know just talk to people and i think that that goes such a far way um more than just like what i'm doing i guess mm-hmm yeah, well said. Another avenue, I think, too, for, like, able-bodied people to shed some awareness, too, like, talking about maybe, like, pet peeves and stuff like that. Um, because I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Timmy Osler, who's in a wheelchair, who had a guest question, and I was kind of like, what do you, what do you hate when people say, you know, and, and, because, um, you know, sometimes people that are able-bodied don't know what to say. They're like, you know, oh, do I help him get into his car? Do I, you know, and uh, he was kind of saying that, like, in the adaptive community, not him particularly, but, but like, people will be like, you're such an inspiration, <laughs> right? And and it's like, well, I fucking, you know, I got hit by a car. Like, is it, how is it, you know, or whatever. And it's like, you, and, and it's, is that, is that something that's kind of annoying sometimes? Or? Well, it's funny. Shout out to Ross. Call him out right here. Yeah. Yo, shout out to him because he's just like, you know, like, <laughs> it's just so funny because he's just like i don't you know i don't care like he doesn't he doesn't give a shit if like i'm in a wheelchair he'll call me out you know yeah. and he's like yo get up and walk you know i'm yeah. like all right cool it's just like you know like you have those friends you know that just like yeah like obviously they're gonna help you in that but like they're gonna treat you just like their friend you know yeah. just and say you whatever need you that, want right and, and that's the thing too it's you kind of just like you know having yeah i don't know just having the inspiration right it's just funny because he hit me up the other day he's like Oh my God, Trevor messes me back, you know, just like random <laughs> shit. Like they always give me shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I love that, you know, and like, I don't know, it's amazing. But yeah, pet peeves, it's just kind of just like, I don't know. Yeah. Inspiration. And it's like, dude, I, he, he, so Ross basically is like, yo, it's your dumbass fault that you like hit this jump and broke your back, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know, fair. The, ins- the inspirational part of you, though, is because you're hitting these big-ass jumps. Yeah, right. jumping no, exactly. Up. That's, no, a, that's, that's a, a great point. Yeah. That's a great and, point. And, and going back to what you just said, that's, that's exactly why I get it. And, like, in the in, in the community of adaptive, you know, athletes or just, you know, people with disabilities, I totally get that. Inspiration is like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm literally just getting in my wheelchair like you would put on your shoes, you know? Yeah. And so I get that. But, like, the inspiration part, and I get that with the inspiration part of, like, yeah, what I'm doing, yes, I get that. If I can shed light on, you know, people that ski or don't ski or elderly kids, whatever, it doesn't really matter if you ski or not. Like, I don't care. If I can shed that, that is, like, boom. You know, that's everything for my for me, you know? And it's just, like, that's how I can give back. When and another kid seeing you in action that maybe just – got in an accident i mean that's life-changing for him 100 percent. because he's gonna be like man i'm gonna get up there or even a kid that's able-bodied and that and well you hit i'm it, not jumping off. i'm not hitting that cooler dude you hit it right on the <laughs> you hit it around the head though and that's the thing man it's just like i let's see i skied with these kids in aspen before x games three years ago or something two years ago and um you know like follow me you know like from when I was just starting out, but still it was just like, you know, like talk to him and all that. And then this year I asked him like, I was like, yo, like 
you want to take a lap together? You know, they, they came up to me and like, you know, all their friends. And I was like, yo, let's take a lap. And he's like, wait, really? So like, yeah, let's go. And like, they're like, they're like, we're going to hit this, you know, those hips at the bottom. I was like, really? Okay, let's go. Like, we're going to straight line it from here. I was like, all right, you guys are psychos, you know? And they did it. And I was like, oh, and they were all pumped. And they come up to me like, yo, was, I was like, oh, my God, that was sick. And they basically like, yo, that was their first time hitting it. I was like, what? Like, that was your first <laughs> you time hitting it? You inspired them to yeah, do it, but, huh? but that's what I mean. It's just like, yo, just me, like, you know, just hang, saying hi or taking a lap with them or just giving back in that sense. It's like, you know, how can I keep inspiring, like, the next, um, you know, next generation of people that get hurt or – um, you know, kids or just people that are getting into snowboarding, skiing, um, just anything like that, just to slide back on snow. And some people get hurt and in their head, life is over. Yeah. You were just like, let's go. Exactly. Yeah. I really was, honestly, from the get-go. Yeah, that that being said, like, talking about, you know, what you've done on the sit ski, I think it's really cool, your perspective. If I'm, if I'm going to highlight one character thing that like in your character that that fuck it i'm gonna say inspires the shit shit out of me is your perspective that's inspiring because what you said in in another podcast i listened to is you said i think the direct quote was it's taken the use of my legs but it's given me everything and you know that perspective is fucking wild how you frame that can you elaborate on that yeah definitely i mean so after i broke my back and i went to that spot of where i broke my back you know a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, it was like, fuck that spot. But going to that spot for me is kind of just like I'm thankful, you know, of, um, you know, of living, obviously. And that's probably number one. But number two and, you know, the rest of it, it's more so just the amazing people I've met. Um, you know, I've always wanted to go to the Olympics for swimming, swim racing. I've always looked up to Michael Phelps but the same, and Michael Jordan, you know, all these amazing athletes, right? Tiger Woods. Any Michael, the, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Or Jordan, you know, <laughs> what are the other? Or Tom or Brady. Or Tom Brady, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, going back to that spot, you know, it's kind of just like, all right, well, it's kind of giving me this chance to uh, pursue sports, I guess, you know, and I grew up loving sports, and I know that's not realistic for such a small percentage, you know, and um, so I think it was kind of like a second chance to, you know, give back to me in a way of, so I can do sports and, you know, another, another way for me to give back and like, you know, so I can really pursue what I want to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just look at the stuff I'm doing now and, you know, the people I'm meeting and, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just really amazing. I'm so thankful to like be here and I'll be on the show and, um, you know, it's crazy to look back at everything and, uh, here I am. Yeah, it's like you're just a natural born athlete. You were gonna find a way, one way or another, you know. One way, and uh, no matter what life served up to you, it's like you're gonna be an athlete. And apparently, it <laughs> took breaking my back to get here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> That's well, let's be honest. Like, you, like swimming, it, swimming's it's, it's cool. It's respectable. Speedos. It's respectable. <laughs> Catching fucking air, air time. Catching air time. I mean, what's better than that? There's nothing better than air time, yeah. I'd imagine. I, I agree. That's that's air. Man. Maybe outer <laughs> space or something, floating in space. Yeah, that's I don't know. It. I don't know. I think hitting kickers is yeah. fucking awesome. Well, that being said, I think we should get into uh, the pub beer crapshoot. Let's do it, buds. You got a pub beer? Ooh, in front I got you? a cold pub crack. Beer. One of those battlers, icy, icy cold. Wow. Yeah, tell me how that thing's going down. Is she going down smooth? So smooth and delicious, and it's fun. It's a cheap, fun beer. It's a cheap, fun beer. They support the show. You guys should support them, uh, whether you're drinking one or two on a nice, casual Friday or uh, 
drinking 45 and ending up in a pond. Uh, I recommend pub beer. <laughs> like uh, this guy over here. <laughs> it's uh, my favorite time on the pub pa- podcast when I get to crack the old pub beer. The pub cast. Yeah, yeah the pub cast. The pub, pub cast. beer cast. All right, here we go. Let's Let's do it. Welcome to the Pub Beer Crap Shoot. All right, Trevor, roll that dice and we'll tell you what you got to do or what question you got to answer. Nice. <laughs> That's Doing a six. Did I win? And a ten. ten. Okay. Uh, Sixteen. It's a, it's a six and a four. Oh. Name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I thought they were special dice or something, you know? <laughs> Name one thing that's still on your career bucket list. It's a good one. Uh, let's see. I want to do a triple backflip. Woo! <laughs> Aiming for the stars. Seems like it's not that far away from you either, though. No. I, I mean, it's more so just like. So I'm going to go back to ski racing um, for 2026 and represent Columbia. Uh, they reached out to me, and you know something I really wanted wanted to want to do is represent. You know, like you know, I've paid this path. You know, I quit ski racing. I've paid this path of free riding, and it's like now it's like you know I can do what I want, hire my own coach, and you know, let's go ski race. But I want to do it for like my family too, and uh, you know, represent for my great grandma. And um, but yeah, that's just like it's just I know I can't do it forever, so it's just like you know, might as well push it when I can. I love that. Truth. I love that. Now, now going back to tricks and progression and stuff like the the triple. I'm curious about other things like you know, um, like different grabs or rail tricks or like or like what what are other poss- directions um, like a front flip? You know, is there what are the, some of the other directions as far as tricks? Do you, I you mean, you can do anything you want, honestly. Yeah. Corks, backflips, front flips. I mean. You can do whatever you really want. It's just more so like how much, how many times you want to slam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slam on the way. True. True. So. Can you spin like 360s? Um, I'm not. So I got hurt uh, spinning, like, mm. you know, like c- catching the edge right off the jump. So yeah, it I'm, seems. I can like, I've done it a couple of times, but um, I just haven't really like practiced it too much. But yeah, um, yeah it's definitely possible. Anything's possible. What about, huh? what about like going backwards? What about switch? Uh, you can, yeah, if you can ski switch. Yeah, <laughs> can't see where you're going. Yeah. Right no, I mean it's it's definitely tough. I mean, like I can definitely ski switch, but it's like, you know, it's 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 tough. I mean, yeah. like the way is just it's just different. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's not like normally skiing switch. You yeah, know, yeah. and yeah. um or or skiing goofy. You know, like you're legit doing the same thing but the other way. But this one is like you're backwards, and then it's Fully like blind. all your weight. Well, blind, and then all your weights like forward, and then the outriggers. Yeah, like. They do definitely, like, help, you know, drive turns and stuff like that. But going backwards is, like, hard to, like, drive your, like, turns, you know. like you're, So, I don't know. It's definitely tough. But, I'm like I said, you can do whatever you want, man. Like, it, and that's, that's the, the thing, too. It's just, like, you literally, whatever you set your mind to, you can do it, you know. And, like, yeah, it might take however many tries. But, like, you know, if it's safe and, you know, you, you want to try it, like, yeah, it might be dangerous. But do it as safe as you can and, like, you can get shit done. <laughs> Love that. Now let's let's get into a section of the show we call hot takes. Now uh, hot takes is presented by Oakley goggles. Uh, I run the Oakley line miners. You're looking good out there in those Thank line you. miners. They're good but. looking. They're just good looking goggles. Uh, I run the Oakley Mod Five helmet, and uh, their their products it's incredible. You can never you're never going to be disappointed with uh, a pair of Oakleys. That being said, let's get into hot takes. Now um, we're going to keep it on 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 snowboarding for this, but. Um, because it's a snowboard podcast, 
But who is your uh, goat? Who's your Who's your goat of snowboarding? Who's your Mike? Who's your Tom Brady? Who's your Tom Brady? And we go male <laughs> and female. I mean, my goat would probably be Travis Rice, but I mean, who's like. I think Arthur Long is Woo! Arthur Longo the one that's just doing those massive errors. Yeah, yeah, like his stuff is just like what? Yeah, he's insane. Uh, yeah, so you know stuff like that, but you know Jamie Anderson for sure. <laughs> Such a G. Yeah, she's a G. She <laughs> definitely uh, is a G. Like in my eyes, honestly, just incredible human, but uh, she just throws down, man. It's crazy. What, <laughs> what about the the sit skiing goat? Um, I don't know. I'll let, let people decide. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> I also got to ask. Uh, so the so uh, ski boss is Tanner Hall. Yep. And you are sit ski boss. Yeah. Did who came up with that name? All right. So it was like I don't know. This is like so long ago, four years ago or something, five years ago. But like I did a jump in Japan. I hit this cliff and like basically like hashtag sit ski boss. And I was like, all right. Like, fuck it, you know, so it was never, like, formal or anything like that, so I was like, fuck it, I need to do something, so that's what I went with. Well, Tanner's and, dope, though, so that's... Yeah. If you, if you get the blessing compliment. from Tanner, yeah. then that's, he. yeah, that's it, yeah. that's it. He um, never, like, gave me the, like, official blessing, but he hashtagged that's, me, so that's I'm like, whatever. <laughs> that's the official blessing. <laughs> that's so sick. So, uh, the other thing the we, we like to ask uh, is if you could go heli... I'm going to call it heliboarding, even though it's heli or heli sit skiing, whatever you want to call it. But with uh, any three people in the world, just fun times, power runs, incredible terrain. Who are you going with? Uh, Candide. I'm going with Travis Rice. Woo! And then I'd pick Tanner Hall, too. Dude, how do we make this yeah, happen? That's, that's <laughs> I'd like to watch you for it. would be so amazing. Uh, but that'd be, I mean, all those guys inspired me to. You know, be better, and just what they do is amazing. And, um, yeah, mad respect. They're pushing their sport, and you're pushing yours. That's sick. So we always do this uh, with every guest. We talk about their setups, what what board or set of skis or sit ski they ride for that matter. Do you want to walk us through your specific ski? Yeah, uh, I ride a Vocal uh, 121 Revolt, and then I put a race binding on it with a marker binding, 24 DIN. Max it out, and I put a block in the back so I don't pop out. Um, but yeah, they're charging skis and, uh, it's, it's pretty sweet, uh, especially when it snows, they, they do well. Incredible. And then lastly, we got to ask, cause it's been a pleasure chatting with you, but before we wrap this thing up and put a bow on it, you want to throw any thank yous out? Yes. So I want to thank both of you guys for having me on the show, Eddie Wall for, you know, being the man hooking it up as well. Uh, I want to thank Roy Tuscany, Josh Berman from level one, my sister, my brother-in-law, you know, all the Winter Park crew, I want to thank all my sponsors for, you know, supporting me and, you know, fulfilling my dreams. And, you know, this is just the beginning of what I'm trying to do. And um, it's just it's just really cool having that support, you know. And, um, yeah, just thankful for being here. So thank you guys. Awesome. And then one thing I got to ask is you got merch on. You got, oh, yeah. Where can yeah. people find your merch the and support merch. you? Where can it's, people support uh, you? It's Um That's where you can go buy it. We have hoodies we have tees and hats but uh hopefully a lot more coming through i uh, just wanted to see how it did at first and did pretty good so sold ex- out right yeah sold out so i'm really excited to uh, keep moving forward and having fun with it you know and what about social media plugs where can people find you uh just trevor kennison on instagram and tiktok and 
I don't even know. I, I don't think I have a tweeter or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Love I it. don't either. <laughs> well, Trevor, thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. You guys rule. And we will see you next week with another podcast. Over and out from the bomb hole.